Hello. Hello. I'm Casey. I'm Sarah. And we are Relatively Dark. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm good. My bell is all full because I just had some quesadillas from Taco Bell. It was yummy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I brought food. <laughs> Taco Bell makes me happy. <laughs> Sponsors. Who said that? <laughs> what? That would be a great idea. Thank you. Anyway. I would totally endorse Taco Bell. Totally. Anyway. Um, I'm excited about today. I've been sitting on this case for months. Yeah, a long now. time. Um, so I'm very excited to finally tell you about it. And I am very excited to finally hear about it. I keep hearing, oh, I found something else. Oh, I found something else. I can't do it this weekend because I came across this whole other thing. Yeah. Whole other thing. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you about the Jameson family. Okay. And this is very popular. So I'm surprised that you don't know the details. Yeah, I have heard of it, but I, I don't know any details. Well... I'm going to tell you about them. Okay. Okay. So, we are going to begin with Saturday, October 17th, 2009. Okay. This was late at night, like almost the middle of the night, pretty much. And an abandoned locked truck was reported to the police in Latimer County, Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, The truck was located on a dirt road among the Sand Boys Mountains in Red Oak, Oklahoma. This road was narrow, and it had about a three-foot drop-off on each side, mm-hmm. just to kind of give you an idea of the area. Like, like, I'm picturing it in my mind. Like, we have roads like that all around here. Yeah. That's what um, I'm picturing. So, someone had seen a family with this truck eight days before on October 9th. Okay. Sheriff Israel Beecham is the one who got the call, and he sent a deputy out to check on it. He didn't think much of it. Yeah, just yeah. an abandoned car probably happens all right. the time. And this isn't, like, obviously in the city or anything like that. I mean, it's kind of like out in the middle of nowhere. Um, his originally, his original thought was probably that it was just a broken down vehicle. Yeah, they just left it. Right. So, the deputy called back and told Beecham that there was a problem. There was a dog inside. Uh, a small dog. Um, I want to say kind of like a Maltese or a Bichon Shih Tzu, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little black and white little dog. And uh, he was in, or she was in very bad shape. Oh. The dog actually alerted the sheriff that there might actually be something else going on. Mm -hmm. Um, He instructed them to break a window carefully in order to help the dog, and he went to the site of the truck as well. The sheriff had said that the dog was literally, like, about to die. Mm. He was... She... Why do I keep saying he? Mm. The dog was a female. (laughs) Anyway, he didn't know how she was still alive. Mm. I'm assuming that the dog made it. They she made it. They didn't say that she didn't, and they talked about how close she was to, to death, so. She made it. Yeah. I really do think she did, so yeah. we're going to say that. So, the family that had been seen with the truck eight days prior was 44-year-old Bobby Dale Jamison and his 40-year-old wife, Sherilyn, and their six-year-old daughter, Madison, was also with them. Sherilyn? Sherilyn. Sherilyn. Okay. It's S-H-E-R-I-L-Y-N. Okay. So, the Jamison family lived in Eufaula, Oklahoma. Sherilyn had a son from a previous marriage named Colton, who was a teenager at the time, to the best of my knowledge, and he lived with his father. Okay. Um, Neither Bobby or Sherilyn worked. They were both on disability. 
Bobby had chronic back pain that had resulted from a car accident in 2003, and Sherilyn had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. And I know you could get disability for that, but that's why she had it. Yeah, I mean, if it's a severe enough case. Yeah, I mean, she was on medication and stuff for it, but uh, she had a sister who suffered from a bee sting, and she had a severe allergic reaction, and her sister ended up passing away, like, years prior to this. But I think that's what stemmed her issues. Oh, yeah. So, it was like a tragic freak accident. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. Yep. Um... The Jamesons, they kept to themselves a lot, and they would often go days or longer without seeing or talking to anyone. Mm-mm. And this included her son, Colton. Introverted um, people. Yeah, very. The days leading up to when the truck was found, the Jamesons were planning on purchasing a plot of land of about 40 acres in Red Oak, Oklahoma. This was about an hour away from where they originally lived in Eufaula. Um, the land was situated in the Sand Boys Mountains, and there wasn't really anything else up there. Which is probably what drew them to it since they're so introverted. Right. Uh, Sheriff Beecham had said that this was pretty much as off the grid as you could get for that area. Yeah. Some people didn't even have electricity. If they did, it was with a generator. So that's the kind of lifestyle that they would have been living up there. Okay. Their plan involved using an old storage container um, to live in. It looked almost like a shipping trailer that gets loaded onto a semi. Yeah. Some say that they wanted to build on the new land and that that trailer or storage container was just temporary. Uh, Bobby and Sherilyn had also pulled Madison out of school and some thought that this was to prepare to homeschool Yeah, from that new area. Um, to me, I feel like that's a bit of a weird setup. Um, I know that some people like live in extremely small spaces. You have like the tiny houses and all that stuff. But I think that living in that kind of thing is kind of odd. The storage container? Yeah. But I can see, too, I guarantee there's houses, like, you can Google or on Pinterest or whatever, where they've made shipping containers into, like, really nice places. Right. I don't disagree with that. But this one looked like it wasn't brand new. There was there was one that was already on their land, and they planned to move it out there. Oh, uh, so and this was, like, an old, rundown. It looked like it to me, and nobody really said anything about it. Other than that, that's what they planned to do. But I thought it was odd. I mean, they had a house where they lived. So I don't see this place being set up with electricity or plumbing or anything. And I don't know, maybe this was just like years down the road plans for them. I don't know. But I just thought it was kind of odd. Yeah. It seemed like they were really drawn to something that wouldn't be appealing to anybody else. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. So anyway, the family left to look at this plot of land on October 9th of 2009. Um, It could have possibly been the 8th that they were seen by this other man that he said that he saw the family. Yeah. Um, Those dates to me are a bit jumbled. Could have been the 8th or 9th. They're kind of interchangeable throughout different sources and stuff. Yeah. So um, anyway, this man had said that they went up there and they talked to him about like living on the land. Like, mm-hmm. any tips and stuff and how they would go about doing that. Originally, the people who saw the truck sitting there, they thought that it belonged to a worker. Because this area was also, um, had a lot of oil fields around it. Okay, that makes sense. So, anybody else driving through there or walking through there or anything, seeing that truck, they thought that it was just a broken down vehicle that belonged to a worker. Yeah. But also, because they were a bit reclusive, nobody noticed that they had been gone that long. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, until it was noticed that that was their truck. Yeah. And then they're like, wait, wait, where have they been? Right. 
When the police arrived at the location of the truck, they didn't notice any signs of a struggle or anything to suggest foul play. Mm -hmm. The truck was locked. Yeah. That, to me, also raises questions. It was locked and the dog was inside. Was the truck in working order? Was there any mechanical issues with it? Nobody said, so I'm assuming not. Okay. So that would be weird, too, if it's just left there. Right. And it's not broken down, clearly. Right. They said that they thought it was just a broken down vehicle, but then, like, that's all they said about it. Yeah. So, so maybe they realized that, pretty quick that that wasn't right. the reason. So whenever they looked inside when they first got there and they realized something was up, they noticed that Bobby's wallet was still in there. Hmm. Sherilyn's purse was in there, their coats. It was October. Yeah. And Sheriff Beecham said that this is prob- that was probably one of the coldest Octobers that he remembers. That says a lot. Right. Their cell phones were in there. Um, and possibly a GPS device. Different sources, different things. And obviously their small dog named Maisie. Oh, Maisie. Yep. After the discovery of the dog, they obviously, you know, something's not right. Something may have happened. Right. They begin to search for this family. They're thinking that maybe they got lost up there. Maybe somebody got hurt and they couldn't find their way back. Yeah. And Sheriff Beecham said that with as many days that had gone by, they needed to find them. Yeah. Because it's getting to the point where they might not make it. Mm-hmm. The police pulled locations from the cell phones. This is why some people are saying that there was a GPS device found in the vehicle. Sheriff Beecham said that they pulled GPS locations from cell phones. So there most likely wasn't a GPS. I don't, That's what I'm gathering. I don't believe there was because I'm really kind of hanging on what Sheriff Beecham says because he was in charge of this investigation. Yeah, I feel like he would know. I do too. Anyway, from these locations that they pulled up from GPS on the phone, I'm going to say, they found out that the family had walked up a nearby hill. Here, they found footsteps that looked like Madison's. Or they looked like they would have been. They were small. Oh, the little girl. Yes. Um, They followed these footsteps up to like a rock formation or kind of like a small bluff. This was about 200 yards north of the abandoned truck. Okay. According to the GPS locations, the Jamesons headed back down to the truck after about 15 minutes. Okay, so, but they didn't see any footprints of, was it Sherilyn and... Bobby. And Bobby. I'm so sorry. Um, they didn't really say. They made a point to say that they saw the small ones. So maybe they did see other footprints too, but they wanted to make sure that they, they saw small ones. They kind of concluded that those, those were from them because of the small ones. Yes, that's what I'm Okay, that makes sense. sense. I hadn't thought about that. So, On one of the cell phones, there was also a picture of Madison that was taken at that location on the small bluff area. Okay, so they were definitely there. Right. They searched a five-mile radius, I'm assuming from the location of the truck. Mm-hmm. But the search was extremely difficult due to the terrain. Yeah. There were ravines, steep hills, pretty much just straight uphill uh, areas that they had to walk through. Um, it was also very heavily wooded. And since it was October, leaves had been falling, uh, potentially obscuring any type of evidence or anything they could find relating to them. Yeah, that tracks, other trails, anything. Right. They had experienced searchers, and on the first day, over 300 people showed up to help. That's good. Yes. Uh, People even searched on horseback, on ATVs, in order to navigate the area better. Yeah. Like, locals showed up with their horses to search for this family. The fire department, forestry, game wardens, missing persons teams, search dog teams. They had helicopters, drones, everything. Anything and everything. Yes. Pretty much whole Latimer County was like, we're going to find these people. That's good. Yes. But it also was difficult in another way because the forest there was described as triple canopy. Triple canopy? Yeah. So if you have a road with trees on both sides, 
Yeah. And they kind of cover, they come up to the tops of the trees, cover the like road. Granny. Right. Road. And where we live now. So mm-hmm. that's like a canopy. You talk about a road that's canopy. So this was not just one layer of the tops uh. of trees. This was three. Oh, dang. Right. So even if there was something there, down there, the helicopters or drones probably aren't going to oh, see it. Oh, yeah. There was something else that was mentioned that the fact that even if people on the ground were like, hey, look at this, they're not going to know what they're talking about yeah. from up in the sky just because that's how crazy that area was. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Exactly. Um, the search dogs that they had, they led the searchers or a team of searchers or whatever to a nearby water tank. It was full of water at the time and uh, they ended up draining this water tank mm-hmm. because... They thought that maybe something was there. Yeah. And there was nothing. So So maybe they stopped there for water? Possibly? They're cadaver dogs. I doubt that they're going to oh, be... Uh, I doubt that they're going to be like, hey, I'm thirsty in the middle of a mission. I'm talking about maybe... Oh, the Jamesons stopped for water. Well, there's a lot of things like, why did the dogs stop at the water tank? And so you said maybe they stopped there for water, and I just immediately went to the dogs. Yeah. Um, it's like, maybe the family... No, it was like a big water tank. Oh, okay. Almost like a water tower type thing, but not that big. I gotcha. Now we're going to go back to the truck. What is up with this truck? Nothing really. It's just what's inside it. Okay, what is what is up inside this truck? Uh, So I think that they found this stuff like the next day. Like originally they looked into the truck and saw what was in there and realized that, that they didn't think that they just left. Yeah. But underneath the driver's seat in a bank bag... There was $32,000 in cash. Oh, mama. Okay. Yeah. So, red flag there, uh-huh. obviously. And they also found a letter from Sherilyn to Bobby. That said. It was 11 pages long, and it was described as a hate letter. Oh. So, okay. a lot of hostility, a lot of anger. Um, she accused him of being a hermit, which doesn't really sound that... Like, I thought that was kind of weird. Like, you're going to call him a hermit. But accused him of being a loner, saying that he didn't need anybody. He didn't need his family. You know, stuff like that. And it even mentioned divorce. Like, she felt that he would rather be on his own. Yeah. Question. Okay. Had they already bought that land? No. So, possibly $32,000 was to pay for the land? That was a possibility, yes. Okay. The discovery of the bank bag led Sheriff Beecham to declare the site a crime scene. Mm-hmm. And he instructed the deputies to tape off the area. Good. So, obviously, that much amount of cash raises a lot of questions, and mm-hmm. there's motive there for something yeah. to be up. The FBI and the OSBI were eventually brought in to help. The OSBI is the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation. Okay. I was going to ask, but I was trying to figure out what it stood for in my head. <laughs> um, I had to figure it out. I mean, they just kept saying OSBI, OSBI. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what is OSBI? By day three of searching, still nothing of the family was found. And it had even rained. Aw, that sucks. So, yeah, they ended up having to re-gravel and fix the road leading up to the search site because of the rain. And it had washed, like, the whole road out. Oh, yeah. So people were stuck up there. And Sheriff Beecham had to, what's the word, orchestrate, like, rescue teams to get these people out because this road had been washed out. And... Also, there was no more access to the site, so they had to redo the whole thing. And they ended up having to suspend the searches at one point because hunting season was starting the next day. And that was just going to be dangerous. Yeah, they can't, like, tell people don't be hunting around here because we have a family to find. 
Well, I mean, how many people are going to listen on both sides of that? You know what I mean? No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, people couldn't be like, yeah. look, I'll, I won't go hunt a big buck because I want to find this family and this three-year-old little girl. Six. Six-year-old little girl. <laughs> I'm thinking three. I don't know. I don't know. Six-year-old little girl. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, I don't know. But they just, they didn't want any extra stuff. You know, they didn't want even more searches going on. Well, yeah, I get that. <laughs> um, I know at one point uh, they would have people all lined up holding hands because of the terrain mm-hmm. in order to prevent other people from getting hurt or lost. And they would have one end of the line, the, they called it a post, and they would like wheel around. Oh, yeah. Searching that way. And also to kind of keep up with the searchers. So people didn't get lost and mm-hmm. dang. I mean, it was crazy it's a big effort that's good yeah though. yep um in december active searches were still going on for this family dang i yeah. mean that sucks that they're still having to search in december but that's amazing that they're yeah. still searching in december right usually they don't last that long yeah now we're gonna kind of go over information and stuff that was brought to light throughout the investigation okay the um Neighbor, it's kind of hard calling him a neighbor because the area, like, there wasn't really any. I wouldn't call anybody really neighbors. The closest <laughs> um, neighbor. Yeah, but the man who had seen them and noticed the truck and stuff, he was questioned. Mm-hmm. And he was never a suspect or anything. Okay, good. Um, One thing that they realized is that they would not have left that dog willingly. Yeah. That was supposedly, like, Maisie, or not Maisie, uh, Madison's best friend. Yeah. She would not have left that dog. They would not have left it. So, stuff that they found out about Bobby. Obviously, he had chronic back pain. He was possibly depressed because of this. Yeah. Um, Based on an article that was published by the Oklahoman, which is the newspaper that kind of covered this case Mm -hmm. a little bit, he filed a lawsuit in 2005 over his back injury. And there was a settlement, and the amount was $64,000. And he gave his wife half. Hmm. Right? And what's half of $64,000? Uh, 32000 Right. So, was the 32000 that was found in the truck her half or his half? Do we know? I Do don't know. Do you want me to tell you? No, I want okay. you to continue. I was okay. just like... Here's my thought. Bloop. Yeah, okay. just saying my little thought. Um, so, a little bit more about Sherilyn. Obviously... Oh, oh, sorry. Hang on. <laughs> uh, oh, oh. I was going to say obviously <laughs> and oh. Um, Bobby was also very friendly and gentle. He was described as just a very nice man. Yeah. Good. Cheryl Lynn, she would sometimes quit taking her medicine for her bipolar depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was described as two different people when on or off her medications. On her medication, she was, like, friendly. Off of her medication, she was described as angry and, like, I wouldn't say hostile, but just, like, kind of mean. Yeah. And stuff. So, she was just, like I said, described as two different people. Which is kind of the definition of bipolar. Yeah. yeah. Um, She had a gun. Mm-hmm. Which isn't really crazy, you know, especially in Oklahoma, right above Texas. Yeah. But it is something that they noted. Yeah. Um, it was a twenty two caliber pistol that she apparently took everywhere with her. Okay. This gun was never found. Oh. They searched the home. They searched the truck. It was not there. Also, this hate letter that they found. Mm-hmm. This hostility towards Bobby. They wondered if she had violent intentions toward Bobby. Yeah. They had also found a journal, and it was described as unusual. So, kind of the same dark tones in that letter that, or in the journal that was in the letter. Yeah. So, they started wondering, was this maybe a murder-suicide? 
Yeah. Was Sherilyn capable of harming her husband and her child and then killing herself? Yeah. They ended up kind of ruling this out because they never found the gun. If that was what was used, it would be there. They never found their bodies. So they feel like that would be there if it happened. Like, well, no. So I was going to say they would have had to, you know, go really far from the truck. But I mean, how far are you going to go? Like, why do you care if people find you? Right. If that's what you want to do and that's your intention. Yeah. But um, more interviews with the family and stuff, they said that that was just not possible. That Sherilyn yeah. was not like that. And they they knew her better than anybody. So. Yeah. Others in their family said that, that uh, Bobby and Sherilyn had issues. They argued sometimes and with um, Sherilyn's mental issues and Bobby possibly being depressed. That they weren't like this happy-go-lucky family Perfect all the time. Family. Right. Yeah. Um, but they viewed them moving out there as kind of like a new start for them. Yeah. Off the grid, away from the city, away from everything that we know and just kind of start over. Yeah. Kind of taking it as an opportunity to reconnect with each other. Yeah. And they, it was also mentioned that they love nature too. So being out there. Yeah. yeah. Two birds, one stone. Right. Beecham had reported that he heard that Bobby and Sherilyn were planning on suing the school district. Hmm. Um, but he didn't know what for. Okay. Um, I don't know if that just wasn't, if that information just wasn't relayed or what. And some people think that maybe that had something to do with why they pulled Madison out. Yeah. Um, of school, be. not just for the homeschooling and the moving. So, a lot of questions there. That are unanswered, I guess. <laughs> yes, they are unanswered. <laughs> yeah. So, now we're going to talk about Bobby's dad. Bobby Dean Jameson. Okay. Um, I'm going to refer to him as Bobby Dean or Bobby's dad. Okay. Because <laughs> they both have the same name. I do want to say real quick that Bobby and his mother, Starlet, they seem to be pretty close. Okay. Um, she even lived with him for a while, a few months. Okay. So, Bobby, you know what I'm talking about, right, when I just say Bobby. Mm-hmm. He worked at a gas station that was owned by his father. Okay. He ended up working there for free under the impression that when his dad sold it, he would get half of that money. Right. It was sold and he never got the money. Aw, uh, that's, that's, that's not cool. Right. Very not not cool. Very not cool. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, In May, Bobby filed a lawsuit against his father for the money, but I'm not 100% sure what happened with that. I couldn't find anything. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Sorry. (laughs) I read somewhere that the case was still pending at the time of an article that was written. Oh, so it was And it was after after their disappearance. Gotcha. So I guess it was ongoing at the time, because this was in May of 2009. Mm-hmm. So, I guess by the time October came around, it was ongoing. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, he also filed a protective order against his father. Hmm. This was also in May. Um, it was dismissed, and it was not considered to be related to the disappearance, but he was afraid of his father. And Bobby's mother seemed to be as well. Hmm. There was stories or rumors about he had tried to run him over with his car once. Bobby's father had tried to run Bobby over with his car. Hmm. So, yeah, there was obviously not a good relationship there. Clearly. Much animosity. (laughs) So, Bobby's father ended up passing away in December of 2009. Um, He ended up cutting Bobby and Sherilyn out of his will a few months prior. Everything was supposed to go to Madison. I'm not sure if he cut anyone else out of his will or if it was just like whatever he originally planned for Bobby and Sherilyn just went to Madison instead. Yeah. And when was it that he passed away? December 2009. 
Okay. So, a couple months after. Um, Bobby's brother was listed as the one to carry out the wishes of his will. So. Okay. Just throwing that out there. They had found video footage from outside the house. Like security cameras? Yes. Um, they were actually installed by Bobby's mother, Starlet. She said that she did it because of her ex-husband, Bobby's father. Mm-hmm. And this was whenever she lived with them for that small amount of time. Right. The cameras had footage from the day before they left to go out to that plot of land in Latimer County. Mm-hmm. And it showed? It showed Bobby and Sherilyn taking items from the house to the truck. Mm-hmm. They made at least 20 trips apiece. But it didn't look like they were actually carrying a lot. And they had odd behavior. <laughs> Your face. Like, 20 trips apiece was still, like, yeah, weird to her. Like, like, okay, so 20 trips, they clearly weren't taking very much stuff because nothing of significance anyway was found in the truck other than those few things. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they were, like, the, from the truck it looked like they were moving. Yeah. Yeah, it's odd. So, during these trips, like, they don't really acknowledge each other at all. Mm-hmm. They pass each other. They don't say anything, do anything. Like they're um, just on their own mission. Yeah, it's, it was pretty weird. At some points, they would, like, stop and just stare for a few moments. Um, okay. And then just, like, resume what they're doing. It was described as, quote, trance-like movements. Yeah. Like, almost robotic. Like they're sleepwalking. Something. Hmm. Yeah. Um, this footage is actually on YouTube, but the movement is, like, every second. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, it jumps second to second where they're yeah, at. Yeah, it's like frames of it instead yeah, of Yeah, it's not as smooth. So, I don't know if that's what um, the police found, if it was the same. But it's still odd, but I don't know if I would have gathered all that they did from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they theirs may be longer, too. They may Maybe, not have yeah, released the yeah. whole thing or something. Right. But anyway, so you can look it up if you want to see that. So, because of this behavior and the money, mm-hmm. the police started thinking maybe drugs were involved. Yeah. Um, Sheriff Beecham also noted that they had lost weight. A big sign. In the days leading up to this. Methamphetamine was also very common in this area yeah. of Oklahoma. And so, they were considering that. But there was never any evidence of any drugs found in their home, in their truck, anywhere. And once again, their family was like, not possible. That's yeah. not them. Even though they did find out that Bobby's dad had dealt with methamphetamine before. Hmm. Which also contributed to the fact that they were afraid of him. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. So, on the footage, they also noticed that there was this brown, like, satchel slash suitcase bag. Where's that at? That was carried to the truck, and that also was not found. Hmm. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, I'm what? just... It, it sounds like somebody... Like, the story you're telling me, it sounds like somebody trying to write a suspense novel, and they have all the ide- all these ideas, and I'm just like, okay, but it doesn't make any sense. Which one are you going with? <laughs> like, this or this, okay? Yeah, it shows them doing this, but you have to tie it back into the story yeah, at some point, so and like, none of it's found. Yeah, so they talk about Bobby's dad. They talk about the murder-suicide. They talk about the drug use, and I'm like... Yes, because of this and this, but no, because of everything else. Yeah, like, we're just, <laughs> just where are they? Right. I'm telling you, it's a Dulce. Um, the family, or it was brought out that the family was also very religious or spiritual. Mm-hmm. However you want to say this. Um, they apparently went to these prayer meetings. But they mentioned to family and friends that there were spirits living in their house and possibly on the roof. Like, four or five of them. Hmm. Sherilyn had told, I want to say Bobby's mother possibly one of her friends, 
that Madison talked to a little girl named Emily. That was one of the spirits. Bobby's mother feels like that was just an imaginary friend that was concocted yeah. to kind of cope just with being a little girl and possibly with the being arguments. Being child. And... Yeah, and the arguments that happened and stuff like that too. So it sounds so, like where they're going is not like your standard prayer meetings and stuff like that or maybe there is some type of delusion yeah between both of them who knows i don't i don't either lord (laughs) um bobby had apparently asked this minister that they were going to see or whatever about if there were any special bullets that he could buy to kill these spirits and that raised red flags with the minister so i don't think that they were going to something that was brainwashing them or something like that yeah On the other end of this ritualistic, spiritual spectrum or whatever, they had bought a satanic Bible. Um, The friend of Cheryl Ann that was interviewed in a documentary that I watched, her name was Nikki Chenold, the same friend that I've been referencing. She was the only friend that was interviewed. Mm -hmm. But they'd apparently been close for like 10 years. She made it out to seem like it was a joke or something, or Cheryl Ann told her it was a joke, something like that. But, like, to me, that's still disturbing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it could have been, like, they got it just because they were curious just to see what it is and whatever. One of, the, one of the newspaper articles that I read said that it was in an attempt to find a way to ward off the spirits. Yeah. And I don't know how accurate that is because I don't know where their information came from. But apparently they ended up reading this at some point. Mm-hmm. Sherilyn had also told people around town that she was a witch. So, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so um, her friend, Nikki, whenever she was interviewed, she played it off like this was a joke, kind of. Like, Sherilyn didn't actually believe she was a witch. She made a point to mention the fact that Sherilyn would say, like, if you want people to leave you alone, act crazy. Yeah, that is true. You know, so that's the only explanation that I gathered from what her, when her friend described this. You know, like, yeah. you act like that, tell people you're a witch, and, like, a witch and stuff, then people are going to leave you alone. They're going to think you're crazy, and they're going to leave you alone. And she thought that that's what she wanted to do because they were so introverted. Yeah, I mean, that does make sense. Yeah. Another odd thing that kind of supports this witch theory of Nikki's, but also, like... Raises more questions. Like, was she actually... Did she actually believe this herself? Um, she had a cat that had apparently died, and it's possible that Sherilyn thought that it was poisoned. But she had spray painted on this storage container that they were supposedly moving out there to that land. Mm-hmm. She had spray painted like this really weird phrase. Okay, what and was it? And it was, quote, three cats killed to date by people in this area. Witches don't like their black cat killed, end quote. Okay. Like, what? Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> was something wrong with her or was she like being like, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you so I'm going to act like I'm crazy. I don't know, that's a, that's a lot of effort. I agree. So, there's that. Okay. Police also found out that a few months prior to their disappearance, they had a tenant living with them. They brought in a boarder to help kind of around the house because of Bobby's chronic back pain. Mm-hmm, and tell me about this person. I will. Um, I don't know how long he was there, but he ended up kind of making Sherilyn uh, uncomfortable. Um, at one point, he told her that he was a white supremacist. And get out. Sherilyn had Native American blood or ancestors, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he told her that anyone who isn't pure white needs to die. You just get to step in. Yeah. Dude. So she obviously felt threatened, even though he didn't say, I'm going to kill you or, you know, whatever. She went and got a gun. 
According to the documentary, it was one of Bobby's guns. Mm-hmm. She told him to leave and not to come back. And I guess he was kind of a little hesitant outside, so she fired rounds at his feet. Didn't hit him, but, you know, scared him off to where he left. Yeah. Um, so now they're thinking, okay, we've got motive. First of all, he was shot at by her. And second, he's a white supremacist, already said that she needed to die. Yeah. So they go to look for him. Whenever this information came about, it was told to the police by family and friends. Mm-hmm. So they didn't know the guy's name. They found a prescription bottle in the truck, the same truck, with his name on it. Mm-hmm. So lucky break there. They figured out who he was. They looked him up. He had a record, mm-hmm. extensive police record. And Sheriff Beecham relayed that information to the U.S. Marshals. And they tracked him down to Wilburton, Oklahoma. He was questioned by the FBI. But he had an alibi. And he was eliminated as a suspect. Okay. Right. So, February 2010. They're still searching. Hmm. I don't think that there are, like, any, like, active searches. Like, they're not bringing in search teams and stuff. But the Sheriff's Department, they're not done. They're still looking. They're still trying to find this family. Yeah. He said... Uh, in an interview with the Oklahoman, he said, quote, Throughout this whole process, I found myself going back and forth as to what might have happened. I'm at my wit's end. I've asked for all the help I could get. Twelve FBI agents, three OSBI agents, Troop Z of the Oklahoma Highway Patrol, private investigators who have contacted me. I even belittled myself to the point where I listened to psychics. Hmm. End quote. It's always sad when they start asking around to psychics and all that stuff because the majority of them anyways don't even believe in it they're just yeah anything that may even coincidentally help yep at this point they still have nothing no idea yeah they don't know what to do next Mm. um they would get reports at the sheriff's office two or three times a month about possible sightings Mm-hmm. But none of them were ever Bobby, Sherilyn, or Madison. Like, none of them ever panned out. Yeah. And they have to go, they have to investigate every single one. Yeah. Um, Sheriff Beecham, he had maps up on his wall of areas that had been searched. And he had documented, you know, what was used at each site, whether it be dogs, four-wheelers, planes, or whatever, drones. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was kind of keeping up with all that stuff, too. And he would go back to those maps a lot. Yeah. Months after search parties had pretty much died down, Beecham was kind of going over this case and he had a thought about when hunting, a deer would go downhill or toward water if it was wounded. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, but he did apparently. I think I've heard that somewhere. i never heard of it before. <laughs> so, I don't know. Anyway, um, so he decided to use this approach to search somewhere else. He took um, some deputies with him and they just walked in the direction that he thought made sense using that theory. Kind of like a natural path. Yeah. And um, so I don't know what water was around there, Mm -hmm. but either that or downhill or whatever. And they just, nothing. But that's something else that he tried. Yeah. Throughout all of this, no search efforts ever recovered anything that was remotely related to the Jamesons. Dang. Yep. And on Saturday, October 8th of 2011, uh, a vigil was held for the family. Mm. So Sheriff Beecham at one point, he said, quote, Most investigators would love to have the amount of evidence that we have, and the problem is that it leads us in every which direction, and that they could never, quote, completely eliminate anything, end quote. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of like I was saying earlier, like, they get this Mm -hmm. one thing, and yeah, but 
it doesn't have anything to do with this and this doesn't have anything to do with that yeah they have all this information all these leads and they but just nothing ties them together yep they go nowhere mm. fast forward to november 16th 2013 oh okay yeah so it's been over four years now since they went missing yeah there are hunters in the woods mm-hmm. and um they came across something suspicious and once they looked closer, they knew immediately that they had to call authorities. Mm-hmm. And whatever they found, it would end up being vital to the Jameson case. Okay. And you can find out what that was in part two. You son of a biscuit. <laughs> Sorry. Ah. Okay. Yeah. It's so, a lot of information. So, so all of this, and I'm sitting here like, none of this ties with anything. And they don't have anything that remotely helps. And you're like, they did find something. And it was pivotal or vital or whatever you said. I said it but was I'm vital. But I'm not going to tell you any of that. <laughs> I will, just not today. Okay. Well, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, I had to leave off on a... Or I could tell you what it is and then just come back next week. Oh, tell me what it is. You want me to? Yeah. It was a human skull. That's what I was thinking. But whose was it? Not going that far. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> That's it for today. I will say there's not an extreme amount of more information, but there's a lot of thoughts and you're going to give me info. You're going to give me your information, your opinion. Okay. Okay. So that's it. Um, I appreciate you guys listening and please come back to the next one because you're going to want to know. I'll be here. Join um, me. Yeah. And me. So email us our, no, your. <laughs> <laughs> Case suggestions, thoughts, theories, personal stories. Is that it? I think so. Okay. Follow us on Instagram and on Facebook by joining our group. (laughs) Um, TikTok. Follow us on TikTok. Yes. We are making little things to get started with TikTok. Kind of like our baseline. We're laying the groundwork to build. Right now it's just groundwork. On that platform. Yeah, but we're we're working our way up. Anyways, probably yeah. um, become a relative <laughs> by joining our Patreon. Yes. All right. Um, rate, like, no. I mean, I hope you like it. <laughs> no. But I meant rate, review, follow. The ratings really, really, really help. Yes. If you like us. Yes. <laughs> so help us out. Yep. Please. And, and thank thanks you. for listening. Mm-hmm. We hope you keep listening. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs>